0: For little creatures, all creatures welcome. This is The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moons. It certainly is. Welcome along to The Warm-Up for another week. My name is Matt Wallen here with Cam Mooney. All thanks to little creatures, all creatures welcome. Big show on the way, big weekend of footy coming your way too. Looking forward to that. Adam Cooney's going to join us a little bit later on to talk about the Blues... And the dogs tonight, he's just fresh out of the jungle. But Moons, welcome to you, mate. How are you doing?
1: Yes, very good. Thank you, Waller. How are you, my friend?
0: Very, very well. Been a confusing week uh, oh, in the world of footy. We'll finally, get to- <laughs> we've
1: got a good result. <laughs> finally.
0: Uh, look, it's been interesting and we'll get to a fair bit of the booing stuff, but we're probably talking more about the suspension or the appeal that was overturned for Jacob Van Royen. He strike on Charlie Ballard during last week's match. We spoke during the week before the show. We spoke obviously before we knew that it was
1: turned over. What was your first thoughts when it was a suspension? Couldn't believe it. I, I, it's funny. I know it's been dividing the the footy world, um, but you're hearing a lot of ex players talk about it, and none of us uh, could believe the result that came of the Van Ruin uh, incident.
0: I've never seen an incident. Well, not many anyway. That has it feels like. Every expert, every talkback caller, um, every person on social media is like, what's going on here? I think the only people that thought it was a suspension was the tribunal. Everyone else thought, well, isn't this part of the game? Isn't this part of the fabric of the game?
1: It's such a, It was such an amazing result on the back of and – and I'm talking about uh, – I think it was, was Gleeson. Jeff Gleeson. Jeff Gleeson. He had a couple of comments that I, I nearly fell off the chair when I heard his statements about um, the incident. And it just it just reeked to me of, and I don't like going down this path too much, but people who just don't understand the game, have they played the game? Have they been in that situation? I've been to the tribunal a couple of times. Well, I don't know if you know this. Yes, yeah,
0: so I do know. You've, you're up there. Would you be in the top 10?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I'm in the top how 10. How many but, are we talking uh, uh 16-ish or something. I'm not sure. It's amazing that doesn't make me in the top 10. That's how. Yeah. Um, but it just, so when I went there, I used to get really frustrated with, the guys, and they'd be reading basically out of a textbook. Yep. yep. And everything is so plain, clear, and simple when you read it out of a textbook. Yes, we 100 players a weekend would be suspended if you read it word for word out of a textbook. But that's not how we play the game. It is so hard to play our game. Incidents happen. Accidents happen. Uh, not for one second could he have not gone for that contest. We are told as forwards, never ever allow your backman to mark the ball uncontested. Got to make a contest, bring the ball to ground, worst case scenario, so at least we keep the ball in the air. If they start marking the ball, then they get the ball on the outside, fat side, if go down the other end, they score a goal. You know who gets blamed? Ben Ruin for not making a contest. Well, that's internal probably from, say, a Melbourne mm. point of view
0: or a footy club point of view, but what about the backlash that comes from all the talk from not contesting something like that? From oh. experts, you know, special comments guys, and, and all the s- footy Absolutely. shows during the week, the you fans get, ringing up saying, I can't scathed. believe he hasn't gone back with the flight You
1: get there. scathed as a player for not going back and making that contest. Was there, was there head contact? 100% there was. Was it intentional? No.
0: Well, I actually heard someone during the week saying, well, where do we draw the line on this? Now, I understand the concussion thing is, a, is, is Huge playing and out, right? And we've got be. to be careful with that. We know that. But at the end of the day, he's actually come out of it, um, Charlie uh, Ballard, fine. He's playing. Playing on, played the rest of the game. He's okay. This is the comment you're talking about from Jeff uh, Gleeson during the week. A reasonable player would have foreseen that in spoiling the way he did, it would have almost inevitably result in a foreseeable blow to Ballard's
1: head. Jeff, have you ever played the game? I ask that question in all seriousness because that we, that statement there, I think, is the stupidest, worst statement I have ever heard in my life. When it comes to a, a contest like that on a football field, let alone an AFL football field, that was absolutely ridiculous.
0: Well, interesting. During the week, um, people rang up on SEN Talkback about you know what happens if this happens to the country. How are we going to legislate this going forward? And Gary Lyon actually, I guess, took it upon himself to play at his own tribunal hearing, if this was in the country and thought mm-hmm. it was interesting. I'll get your thoughts after this.
1: If that incident took place in the country and they came to the tribunal and said, what's this all about? And I said, look, this kid, he went for the flight. He had a straight arm, no swinging arm. He missed the ball by a couple of centimetres. And in the process, the players got you know under his armpit, basically. I go, right, home. What and how bad was it? Well, he's no concussion, he's going to play this week. Um, okay, was a footy incident? Yep. Was it untoward? Was there a swinging arm? Mm. No. Was it reasonable to think that he was going to try to... Yep. Right, I play on. There you go. 100%.
0: And I think that's what it's all about. Like, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to play the football. You're going to end up pulling up people who are going for big marks, who need people in the back of the head, going for a hanger or whatever, and all of a sudden it just opens up. Well, we,
1: you're going to almost stop... Even defenders thinking that they can try and spoil a forward trying to mark a ball 15 metres out from goal because he might accidentally miss the ball and hit him in the head. It's it's such a – look, and on the back of a concussion, and again, we need to be 100% on top of this. We really need to be. But that doesn't mean we then go and jump at shadows on a little incident Shouldn't say, on an incident like that one Yep. last week.
0: Another talking point this week uh, was around the booing. Um, obviously off the back of the Collingwood and Sydney game with Buddy. I don't really want to cover that so mm. much. We'll get to that in just a moment. But the interesting one this weekend is Horn Francis will play against North Melbourne um, on Saturday uh, this afternoon um, against uh, Dan and Tassie. This is what Clarkson had to say during the week about uh, reaching out to Jason Horn francis
2: He's an 18-year-old eight, eight, eight kid, wants to be around his family and friends, think he's going to play his best footy in South Australia. Who can begrudge that? Really? No one. Not even our passionate supporters at North can begrudge that. I texted him three or four weeks ago and said, mate, just, just get on here with your life. Don't think that there's any grudges here. We've moved on. You've moved on. All the best with it, mate. And he responded positively. Um, we appreciated the, appreciated the text, and it just, really it was just a, an olive branch. There's no, there's no grudges here. He's been playing some pretty good footy for him, and um, pleased that he's going well. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go so well on, on Saturday against us, but, um, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's moved on with his life, and so have we.
0: They've moved on. The North great. Melbourne Cheer Squad has come out this week, the four of them, and said <laughs> that they will not be booing him in Tassie this afternoon. So, um
1: well, it's probably a good game for him to get the one out of the way against his old team down in Tassie. I mean, this was played in Melbourne, there would have been, say, twenty, twenty five thousand. 25,000 yep. at that at, at Marvel well, Stadium. And, yeah, definitely he would have been booed. He probably still will be, and that's okay. Like, Well, Kane Corns thought this game should have
0: been in a more of a lucrative time slot. Yeah, I'm maybe not sure as these a,
1: two clubs are in the lucrative time slot. No, I him. don't
0: think so. I mean, the, the theatre around him being booed in the first quarter or for most of the game is great. But if Port Adelaide are up by five, six goals mm. during the second quarter, it sort of falls away pretty quickly. It so does. I don't think playing them on if a Saturday night getting, at Marvel If he's getting, getting 28 answer.
1: possessions in a 40-point win, that's a lot of booing. That's kind of embarrassing in the end. Well, it is, particularly if you're getting
0: <laughs> beaten up, that is for sure. Interesting this week, um, the Buddy Franklin stuff. I just want to get uh, Jordan Lewis's take on Buddy Franklin's booing, um, obviously copying a fair bit against the Pies last weekend. Yeah, I, I didn't think much of it. I think... Since that has played out, it has been blown. It has been blown out of proportion, um, and knowing and understanding Bud, and not that he would be in, embarrassed by the way that it's unfolded, but I don't think it would have phased him one bit, one iota. So interesting comments there mm. from Jordan Lewis, Premiership teammate, close friend of Buddy. We haven't heard from him, and we don't really necessarily need to don't hear from to. Buddy e- either. But geez, it's been. A big, big talking. Point Look, this it really week. has
1: been, and I'm I'm a bit on the Jordan side. Look, I don't know Buddy that well, but I don't know him well enough to know that he, he wouldn't care less. Yep, uh, I don't think he would have taken it uh, any other way than they're just getting into it.
0: Didn't we boo legends of the game and champions of the we game? We booed in people history? for
1: f- hundred years. I got booed, and I'm not even in the stratosphere of Buddy Franklin. Don't get me wrong here, but <laughs> I used to get. I used to booed by my own supporters there for a while. Yeah,
0: well, your goal kicking was leading yeah, you, so but, to booing. But which you is know fair what enough, though? I yeah,
1: fair enough. It was. <laughs> But we've been doing it for years and, yeah, it was probably out of the blue a little bit. Um, but just because somebody is a, a superstar great doesn't mean you can't have emotions towards them. I mean you can't give it to them a little bit. I mean, that's – I but, thought it was part of the game. If, but if – and Eddie Betts said it and I respect Eddie a lot. If, if he or anybody else, if, you know, Indigenous, if they take it wrong, then, then, then yeah, that's Yeah, so if Buddy takes fine. it as a racism, then, we, then we need to, to respect yeah, his we do. point of view. Which is, But I, I don't think I, Buddy would have.
0: I don't think so either.
1: But he, you know what? The other thing is, just quickly, as a player, when you get booed by the opposition, I actually loved it. Yeah. Because it meant I was pissing them off. Well, you were going well. Yes. Or you have been going well. Yeah, I've Last done something that's really bugged them. And you know what? Yeah. That's all I wanted to because yeah. I didn't care less about anybody else other than Geelong supporters.
0: Well... Just on that, Buddy Franklin this year, he's had a lean year. In fact, the last couple have been leaner than he has. Um, I did some stats during the week to see what his his output was in AFL fantasy points. Now, I don't play AFL fantasy, but to to get an overall figure on the year, that was just the easiest path to go down. So Buddy's overall career points is 86.9. That's his Mm. average per season. In his last three seasons, he's gone 70.1, 66.8, and 51.2 this yeah. year. Now, I know that he hasn't been playing every week. He's coming back from some injury stuff as well, so that can happen. And that is also coming with age. He's and 36 years is of age. And
1: he's well, well, well past his absolute prime. So and that's okay. So, what was,
0: the, what was the benefit for him or Sydney for, to go on again this season after what was a great... Season last mm. year for the club, obviously, you know, not a great result in the grand final against the Cats. But what was, wh- where was the benefit for both parties this year? Well,
1: I guess for one for Buddy is one, you've just come off a grand final loss, and you're in a team that just played in a grand final. So you're thinking to yourself, we're we're just about there. Yep, we're we're right on the cusp. I might grab one. I just might grab one next year. Now things haven't turned out that well for Sydney at the moment. They're yep. they're not playing well. they've been injury uh, injury hit, all of those type of things. So it's not looking great at the moment from that perspective. But that that is what you do as a player. You want to win Premiership. Buddy wants to desperately win a Premiership at Sydney. Desperately. You know, he walked away from Hawthorne. He walked away from, what, two more Premierships. He's lost, what, three grand finals at Sydney. He's so desperate to win a Premiership at Sydney. So that would have been his massive driving force.
0: Just in comparison, before we wrap up, Joel Selwood, 87.5 in 2021. 80.5 last year. Career average of 94.8. So he left with what many believe was something left in the tank. Obviously winning a premiership mm. helps that decision. Um yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope it does in the a second much, half of the yeah, year. He was
1: in a much better spot, to Retire, four time premiership player, premiership captain, perfect time to walk out. And he even said he could have gone on next year, but maybe I don't know, eighty percent. Now I have I have I do not begrudge any player for going on a year too long. Yeah. Some people say oh you're better off leaving something in the tank. Why? Find out, make sure you take everything out of the tank before you retire. And if that means you've got to retire around eight or round 16 the year after, that's okay. Well, here's
0: the question. How does it affect the club at all? I'm not saying this, buddy, but just any player goes on for another year, is on reasonable money, but then round nine or 10, 12, they go, you know what? I can't keep going. I'm going to have to pull the pin. Yeah, How the, does that affect the club it, in terms of just the morale around the club and also the financial um It doesn't. Position? It really
1: doesn't because you, you're only talking about a player – very rarely does it happen, one – but two, you're talking about a player who clearly has credits in the bank and that is still a big thing at footy clubs. Someone like Buddy, someone like Joel, if he had gone on this year and said, you know what, I think I'm cooked at round 10 – uh, Trent Cochin. If Trent Cotchin decides to pull the pin at round fifteen, that's okay because yep. he's a superstar at that footy club.
0: All right, plenty to come on the warm up this morning. Adam McCooney is going to join us a little bit later on. We've got the weekend preview very soon, and Moon's a six-pack. He's best Boomers of all time. Oh, what a Stay with us. Side. All thanks to little creatures. Order up, grab a pizza and any schooner every Wednesday and Thursday at Little Creatures Geelong for just $25. Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. For Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. This is the warm-up. All thanks to Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. Adam Cooney to join us very soon, fresh out of the jungle in South Africa. But Moons, let's take a look at uh, some of the big clashes this weekend. Actually, a really good game tonight tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing Carlton and the Bulldogs. That's going to be a ripper. James O'Donnell, which is son of Simon O'Donnell, yes, will make his debut. Son of sod, son of sod, make his debut for the Dogs. Uh, He only signed on five weeks ago as a B grade or B rookie. Obviously, coming out of cricket, he had obviously played plenty of footy prior to that. Two games, three games in the VFL after five weeks, and he finds himself into the side. That's a quick turnaround. That's
1: an amazing turnaround. And so happy for the family, so happy for Simon as a father. hes I've worked with him a little bit on bounce over the years at Fox Footy and just one of the greatest men you'll ever meet, Simon O'Donnell. So wish them all the best tonight because they are a great family.
0: Uh, the Blues, they need this one, don't they? they I mean, do. that goes without saying. The Dogs have been a little bit up and down, but they've found some form. Carlton, though, they've... They feel like they've got the players, but it's just not coming. Doggies together. are in
1: really good form at the moment, and they're tough to tip against. But I'm actually going Carlton on the back of we look at their last next next five weeks. It's a really tough run, and if they don't get a win early in this five week period, it could blow out to you know zip and three, zip and four kind of kind of results. So they need to get on the get on the winning list very very early in this five week block. And they have to win tonight. They just have to. If they lose tonight, all of a sudden they lose next week again. You know, we're talking season done. And if they want to play finals, they want to get everyone off their back, they need to win this game tonight.
0: Adam Trelaw out with injury for the Dogs. But for the Blues, a bit bit of talk this week. Um, Missing the finals, is it a failure? I would say it certainly is a failure. They should have got there last year. They dropped the last four games of the season. Obviously, Collingwood roared home in the final game of the year to get them by a percentage or whatever it was in the end, if they miss the finals this year, that is that's a massive fail.
1: Well, when you hear the club talking about um, already through the week, uh, you know missing the finals isn't going to be a disaster. Well, already they're already saying make excuses for mine, and yep. I didn't like that at all. Yes, missing the finals for Carlton Football Club is a disaster. That is a really horrible year after what we saw last year, what we thought was going to happen this year. The next five weeks. So they've got the doggies tonight, then they've got Collingwood, then they've got Sydney up at Sydney, then they've got Melbourne, then they've got Essendon. Yeah. That is a bloody tough run. So they need to get this win on the board badly. Do you know they haven't played final since twenty thirteen? They haven't been a top four side since two thousand and three. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the great clubs in our in our country. Not just in the AFL, in our country, as far as how big they are. I was a big Carlton man growing up. I loved them. But they have been a poor football club for a long time and they need to start showing their supporters that they are on the way up. And they are. But the last couple of weeks hasn't been great. Hopefully they stick
0: around. Last week they left at three quarter time in droves. I haven't seen seen a club leave like that. that. That's that's supporters that that are annoyed. Here it goes again. They're
1: frustrated. They're peed off with their footy club and their players.
0: A couple of other big games this weekend I want to take a quick look at too. The Crows and the Saints. Can both of these sides... Make the eight or only one can get in. The Crows have obviously had some really good form, but they've dropped a couple. uh, And the Saints, well, they're still, uh, Mm. for mine, uh, a work in progress, a few question marks around them, but they're doing all they can to be in the mix.
1: Well, no King back yet this week. There was talk about uh, King coming back into the team, but I guess when they're, they're going so well, sitting in third position, they probably don't need to push him. So that's fantastic from a St Kilda point of view to give him another week. Um, But I'm actually going Adelaide for this one. And yes, they can both make the eight because as we said, Carlton have got this tough run. Can they make the finals? You know, the Western Bulldogs are so up and down. You don't know what they could drop out very quickly as well. And Adelaide just could pop in there, but... It's going to be really tough for Adelaide, but they could, absolutely.
0: Let's just rush through your tips for the rest of the round. We've got the Swans and the Dockers this afternoon.
1: Uh, I'm going the Swans, but geez, they're missing a couple of really key players. i right, am really assuming
0: are. you're taking Port to beat North Melbourne yes. down in Tassie, that at Bloodstone this afternoon. Hawks and the D's at the MCG. Oh, the D's by how much? Uh, Lions and Essendon tonight will be a good game as well. Darcy Parish is out, uh, so that's a big loss yeah, for the Bombers.
1: that's a big one. But Brisbane, just about the informed team of the competition the last few weeks, so Brizzy for me.
0: And to wrap out, the round on Sunday afternoon, the Pies and the Giants, that went the MCG 4-4. Pies, forward.
1: best team in the comp.
0: They're going well, at the Pies, and hopefully another win for them. They're a game clear on top of the ladder at the moment. Hey, our NBA Finals are on. Game six today between the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors yeah, Western excited, Conference semifinals. Um, It's so good. I mean, for me, I'm not a huge NBA fan. I love the Finals. There's so 82 games during the season. I can't keep up who's doing what and when. But when the Finals mm. comes around... It's so good to watch.
1: See, basketball growing up for me was my my big love. Yep. I loved it. I played it. Um, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, you know, I wasn't watching the footy. You know, I was trying to trying to watch the NBA and all those type of things. So I just, I just absolutely love it. So when it comes around, yeah, I, I'm with you, all. I, I just, I'm glued to it. I'm glued to the scores. If I can't watch the game, I'm on the phone checking scores, or I've got the live app on my phone. Uh, and look, and I love watching LeBron and love love watching Curry. These two have just been going out for so long. They're the two most influential players we've had in the last decade or so. The Boomers
0: squad was named last week, and I wanted to get your best Boomers of all time in this this week's Moons' Six Pack. Moons' Six Pack. For little creatures, all creatures Welcome. That's right. Moons is six pack for little creatures. All creatures welcome. We want to talk about the top six boomers of all time. That's a it's a tough debate well, because in the office this week, Moons, we were discussing what's a boomer. Are they an Australian basketball representative mm-hmm. or just an Australian basketballer? Because some of the best players that we've had in the game haven't necessarily played a lot for the boomers.
1: Yeah, look for me. I'm just going to go the best Australian basketballers because okay. this is but I've actually gone a top five. I've actually gone my starting five, and I've gone a bench. Right, so I'm going more than six. I'm sorry, I'm going. I'm going, no, that's I'm okay. going to fly through this that's really fine. quickly. No worries at all. So at my starting point card, I've got Patty Mills. Yeah, amazing in the last Olympics.
0: So First I've got. So what I've
1: wanted, I've wanted shooting, and I've wanted some power. Yeah. So I've gone. Patty Mills as my point guard, my captain, my legend, the greatest player of all time, Andrew Gaze. Strong work. Quickly, to Gaze. Oh, Elliot, coming up. No, go.
0: What a legend! Obviously, you work with him every week. Oh, you had to squeeze him he's in somewhere, although much deserved.
1: He's my shooting guard, uh, Joe Ingalls at my small forward position. Uh, I love Joe. What he does, he's a shooter. He's a, look since he's done his knee, his defense defensive works not as great as it used to be, but I love Joe. Uh, Aaron Baines, who is this big power forward, had a really good NBA career. Was going to have an even better NBA career until he got injured. Um, so I loved watching Aaron Baines. So he's my big power forward. And obviously Luke Longley is my center because he's a three-time champion at the Bulls. And if you are playing with Michael Jordan, you are a star. Don't yep. worry about that. Quickly Definitely. on the bench, Josh Giddy, who will be the greatest Australian basketballer in the next okay. 10 years. Yep. He's a genuine superstar. Hasn't got enough work under his belt just yet, but I've got him on the bench. Shane Hill, I want shooting coming off the bench. Shane Hill was a super <laughs> shooter. I loved him.
0: Did I, he play for the Supercats, Shane Hill? I, I think, think he, he did. did. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. Um... I've got Chris Anstey here because I like big blokes with a little bit of silk, a little yep. bit of touch, a little you bit of finesse. saw Chris
0: Anstey at the Warrnambool Races last yes. week. He's a big man. Don't worry. Very Chris Anstey was
1: a very handy player. Uh, more shooting. Chris Goulding. Just just put him in the corner. Come on for threes. Just when the boys just drive, just shoot it out to him. Bang, hit from threes. And obviously Andrew Bogart. I'll have to have him as well.
0: Yep, It's a pretty good lineup. In fact, we've got a very, very good squad leading into the Unlucky, World Unlucky, Bradke,
1: Della Vadova and Jock Landau.
0: Yeah, some big Unlike names it. there. We look back and we've had some really good players. Uh, the World Cup coming up in Japan, Indonesia, and the Philippines. Now they love, particularly the Philippines, love NBA. So there'll be a huge tournament. The crowds will be massive. If, ben, if there. ben
1: Simmons can get his head right and get his body right, he's going to be an awesome player for the Boomers if he can get in. Well, he's not named. I know at he's not named, out.
0: but he should be if he. Well, he should. Should he be if he wants to be?
1: If he's fit, yes. Alright. If he's fit.
0: That's Moons' six pack for Little Creatures. Uh you're listening to the warm-up. Order up, grab a pizza or any schooner every Wednesday and Thursday at Little Creatures Geelong for just $25. Little creatures, all creatures welcome. Adam Cooney to join us next. For little creatures, all creatures welcome. This is the warm up with Warlow and Moons. I'm a 70. I'm not sure if he's woken up from the jungle or got home and still asleep on a Saturday morning. But uh, Adam Gooney joins us on the line, fresh from South Africa last weekend. Of course, uh, the former bomber and Bulldog star Coons. Welcome to you, mate. Um, how's the jet lag going?
3: Oh, it's been a bit of a battle, to be honest with you. Going <laughs> over there, it's fine, but <laughs> getting, getting back's been a bit of a, a struggle. I've been back for about a week now, but we got in uh, at about two o'clock on Friday morning last week. And then had a couple of hours sleep and then I've been going to bed about nine o'clock and then waking up at midnight and then not going back to sleep until about 6am. So it's been a bit of a battle, um, but it was certainly better than uh, sitting in the jungle. That's for sure. Sounds I'd like, like we've woken home.
0: you up this morning. Um, talk us through the, the, the jungle experience. And I guess, can we take a step back? How, how did you get there? As in not physically, how did it come about?
3: Uh, well the great Liam Pickering gave me a call one day and he was sniffing a uh, 10% out of it so he was sort of he was forcing he was forcing it on me pretty heavily and I thought well that's not really something that I want to get myself involved in um I don't have a, um a very oh, I I don't I didn't mind all the heights and all that sort of stuff and I've watched the show in previous years but I thought I'm not sitting down and eating some of those disgusting things like a fish guts milkshake. I'm, I'm not. Mm. I'm not doing any of that. And then uh, my family were pretty keen for me to go on it. And yeah, basically was was bullied into it by Pickers, <laughs> my manager, and Haley and the kids.
1: Just tell us about the days, Coons. Like, is it as fun as it looks on TV? Because obviously they can cut it up on TV and they can edit it and all those type of things. But you're up pretty early <laughs> all day, aren't you? Yeah.
3: Yeah, they, they cut it up into, what is it, an hour and a half show and it <laughs> makes it look like we're having the time of our lives. But they wake us up at Sparrow's part. I think it's – it's well, because we don't know what time it is during the day. We, we've got no idea. So I'm guessing that they woke us up at about 6.30 every morning. They force you out of bed. So you start to create content at 6.30 in the morning. What sort of content are you going to get at 6.30 in the morning? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> nothing. It's just – so – We get out of bed and then we move about one metre from your bed. You sit by a fire and I think that they come, Chris and Julia come into the camp. I'm guessing it was about sort of 12.30 at that stage. So from 6.30 to 12.30, you do absolutely nothing. You've got to work out a little routine in the morning to get you through. So basically you've got to pass six hours in the morning, which feels like about three days before they come in and that's your excitement for the day is when they come in and, and tell you if you're either going home or doing a trial and if you don't get picked for a trial or you don't get eliminated, then you basically have to sit there from 12.30 until about 6 or 6.30 when they get back from a trial to work out how much food you've, you're going to eat for dinner and basically the only two exciting things for the day are them coming in and then <laughs> the people coming back from the trials to work out if you've got some tucker.
1: Speaking of tucker, did you lose much weight?
3: I uh, lost, yeah, lost a bit. I did. Uh, I must admit, I did bulk uh, going in there because I knew <laughs> that I was going to starve. So I've been, I've been preparing for this one since 2016, bulking up when I footy. So I did go in at 103 kilos and uh, left at 91. But uh, so I dropped oh, about 11 a and a half, yeah, uh, in the in the 28 days I was in there. But I put on about. I think four or five since being out. But really, so I, and I thought that you would get um, a little bit of food off camera because they obviously, they want you to perform and you've got to be at your best <laughs> to providing content. So I thought, well, they'll fill us up off camera. But seriously, you get absolutely nothing. Are you, you begging the
1: cameraman for a chocolate?
3: Oh, I was begging anyone. I would have done anything for, for a little bit of for wasn't, an M M&M. and M.
0: Wasn't when Warnie was in there a few years ago. He was allowed to have a dart on the yeah, side, and and uh, part of his I don't want to get into um, uh, Carrie Anne this year, but she was obviously allowed to have yeah. makeup, which obviously didn't fill her. But um, she was allowed to have something. Yeah. You didn't put a rider before you went in.
3: <laughs> I would have eaten Kerry Ann's lipstick at one stage. I was that hungry. But no, she yeah, she had it in her contract that she was allowed to have her makeup. Warnie was allowed to have his darts. If I was going to go in there again, I'd put it in there that I at least get a a little, uh, or maybe a zinger box every every oh. three or four days when no one's looking. Imagine but, the, you, imagine you the get fight a-
0: when a zinger box got dropped in the jungle and there was twelve years <laughs> fighting over who was going to get the it wicket wings.
3: Have, it must have been a fight to the death for the potato and gravy. But you get a quarter of a cup of oats in the morning. And I tried to save my oats till about midday. So I wouldn't eat anything up until about midday. And then you stir it around with water. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then you get two two spoonfuls of rice and two spoonfuls of beans for lunch. And after about a week of eating the beans, I just couldn't even look at them anymore. (laughs) So I didn't eat the beans and then I saved my rice for dinner. So I was basically eating a quarter of a cup of oats at about midday and then nothing until dinner. Because if we got half, the amount of stars you got half the amount of food and the half portion is seriously about three or four spoonfuls of dinner so i was practically saving my lunch for dinner so that's why i probably lost so much weight
0: one of the i guess more moving parts of uh, the show this year was you speaking about your daughter who has cerebral palsy and the way you presented yourself on the show mate was fantastic and that would have not been an easy conversation to have but the rawness that you approached it with was just amazing
3: Oh, thanks, lot. Yeah, I, I guess uh, being in the jungle, you're sort of forced to, to open up and speak about things that you generally wouldn't. Um, and the, the, the other people in there made it really easy. So, yeah, I've, um, I've, my charity was the Cerebral Palsy Support Network, which um, they do amazing things. People with cerebral palsy now, our eldest, Ash, has it now. She's she's 22, so we call her a little girl, but she's actually... Up, she's only she's only a little flight thing, but um, no, she's a pretty cool little character. I think Moons has probably met her a couple yep. of times. Um, but yeah, just to, yeah, to so open up and speak about that. Unfortunately, I didn't get the cash for him. A hundred grand would have gone a yeah, long way to nice. helping. But just yeah, to, to speak about it and uh, open up those conversations. And I think everyone in there had a pretty um, worthwhile charity. So like some of the stories mm. we spoke about and some of the people that have been affected by you know, disabilities and cancer and things like that. When we were in there was. It was pretty moving.
1: Now, the awareness you brought to it, Coons, was just incredible. Well done on that one, mate. Mate, we'll move on to a little bit of footy. Now, there's been a little bit of talk this week about the booing. Now, you're a, t- you're a man that played against your old team, obviously, when you went over to Essendon. Did you cop a bit of booing?
3: <laughs> well, I'm very fortunate that, like you, Moons, we have... Good last names mm. that are able to, to to be extended out like the Roschudo's of the world, moons <laughs> and Coons. So, um, I I never got booed. My my former team uh, and their supporters. I think they were they were jumping on board and saying Coons, but. To be honest with you, uh, towards the back end of my career at Essendon, I think I was getting booed more by Essendon supporters (laughs) than anyone else. (laughs) Wrap it up. (laughs) Yeah, that's enough, old man.
0: (laughs) Hey, big game tonight, the Blues and your old mob at the Western Bulldogs. Important game for both, obviously, probably even more so Carlton. But just quickly touch on that, mate. Um, What do you think of tonight's game? You're obviously doing a little bit of stuff footy-wise with SEN and Channel 7. What What are your thoughts on tonight's game?
3: Yeah, well, I've only been back for a week, so... I haven't seen a lot of footy over the last five or six weeks, but everyone was telling me when I got back that the Blues are a big chance this year. And then I watched them play <laughs> last week, Friday night. And it was it was just like the Carlton of old. They were mm-hmm. a bit slow and pretty predictable with the way that they moved the footy. So, um, and the dogs had just been sort of ticking along. So, genuine 50-50 game. Uh, if Carlton used the footy like they did last week, the dogs should be able to, to um, defend them pretty well and they've got some pretty slick ball movement going back the other way so I think they just need to find a couple more avenues to goal I know they've got two Coleman medalists down there and they've got the Brownlow medalist in the middle of the ground the Blues so um, if they can find a small forward that can pop up and kick two or three if the the big boys are getting held the Blues might win but um, Bond and Pelly I think is in in Mm -hmm. pretty rare 11. form this year. I've, I've actually backed him to win the round load every year for the last, uh, I think, seven or eight years. And I've jumped off him this year and he looks like <laughs> <laughs> he's a I've
1: done the same thing.
3: That's, that's how good I am, a punting.
1: Hey, Armchair uh, t- experts on Channel 7, Coons. You, you've got a little gimmick at the moment, some team of the 21st century. Can you explain that?
3: No, oh, this is one of Cam Luke's uh, crazy harebrained ideas that I don't understand. So we have to pick 23 players over the last 23 years to make a team, but you've got to pick each player from each year. So you've got someone from the year 2000 you've got to put in your team, and someone from 2001, and all the way up to 2023. So you're only allowed to pick one player. So it ends up being a pretty star-studded team, Mm. but Oh, geez! i tell you what. It was an exercise that gave me a headache.
0: Mate, uh, enjoy the footy this afternoon. The dog's on tonight, of course. Um, welcome back. Hopefully you get back in the time zone a little bit easier over the next couple of days. Get up for the kids for school and maybe you'll be back on track uh, to, for the rest of the season, mate. Thanks for joining us on the warm-up.
3: Yeah, good on you, boys. I've been loving the show. I've listened to it um, in South Africa, religiously. So, so. <laughs> good on you.
0: For little creatures, all creatures welcome. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. Still plenty to come on the warm-up this morning. We've got the marketplace coming out from Metricon Homes very soon, what we're buying and selling this weekend in the world of sport. But now let's take at a look at the local footy wrap, thanks to Times Footy, your home ground for local footy. From the Geelong Times, Vinny Van shot joins us. Vinny, good morning to you, mate. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, good
2: morning to you as well, Matt, and uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there for tomorrow.
0: Big weekend of local footy coming our way. Let's kick it off with the GFL. I believe you've got match of the round here. St. Mary's taking on Bell Park.
2: Yeah, so Bell Park, St. Mary's is definitely the game to watch in the GFL, round five this weekend. Uh, Both sides, three wins and one loss. Uh, The Saints coaches in Glenn Keith and Trav Robertson have done a tremendous job bouncing back from their round one loss to St. Joseph's Bell Park. So have just as impressive. We'll just need their forwards to produce up front if there are any chance this week to defeat the reigning premiers. So to give it a go, I would reckon St. Mary's probably come out on top in that one, but they'll park it just as likely in that respect. In the rest of Round 5, though, uh, Newtown and Chilwell will need to be on their best form against Leopold, but I'll take them as winners at home. St. Albans also hosts Grovesdale, but I think the Tigers have enough form in them to get their second win of the season in that one. Uh, Lara north shore will be an interesting contest with both sides playing pretty well recently but with jordan lane in terrific form for north shore the goal should win that one he's in the top 10 and leading goal kickers this season uh joey's is of course looking terrific as well to this point i'd tip them to defeat geelong west and funnily take funny take here on this one Upset of the round south Island, i reckon could be a chance to defy the odds and Somehow come out with the chocolates against the un- against Holac this weekend at Central Reserve. So, yeah, definitely an interesting one to keep an eye on there.
0: Excellent. Now, uh, the BFL this weekend, Ocean Grove take on Queenscliff is our match of the round, but for different reasons, a great uh, a great um, initiative by the two clubs and the league.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, there will be splashes of pink around the Bellarine everywhere in round seven, and breast cancer awareness will be at the centre of Ocean Grove and Queenscliff this Saturday as the Grubbers play in their annual. Breast Cancer Fundraising Day. Uh, an, emo- an emotionally charged contest between two young and exciting groups. Queenscliff enters the day with heaps of momentum, defeating Geelong Amateur by 32 points last week. So I'd pick the Cooters to come out on top in that one. Uh, round 7 continues with Anglesey's recent form looking very good at the moment. They've got their last two games with wins under their belt. They should get the chocolates over at Motawari at home. Bowen, Heads and Newcomb should be a pretty straightforward affair with the Seagulls looking to convincingly defeat uh, Newcomb. Uh, the same can be said for the undefeated Torquay Tigers. They play the bottom of the side in the competition in Port Arlington. Uh, to put it in context, uh, Torquay defeated Port uh, Arlington by 231 points last year. So it'd be wise to expect a large margin of victory in that one. Um, but one of the games of the week as well, DeLong amateur and Drysdale should be a cracker this weekend with a resurgent Drysdale side working its way into the finals conversation. Uh, but five ins for Amos, including sharpshooting forward Aaron Willett. Has me expecting an upset in that one with the Hawks going down to Geelong Amateur.
0: And lastly, let's take a look at the Geelong and District Football League this weekend. Uh, you've got your match of the round. Winchelsea you'll see in Geelong West. Geelong West coming off a loss against Corio last weekend. I think Corio's uh, first back-to-back win for quite some time.
2: Well, I feel like I've been talking about Winchelsea a lot this season, Matt, but that's mainly because they've impressed me a lot so far. Um, it's a middle, it's a mid-table matchup in that one, but it, it should have a big impact on how the final picture should shape out, as mid-table contests normally do in the long run. Um, and for the Blues, that rolls on against Geelong West this weekend. To make it more interesting, uh, West has Matt Hebbard out of the lineup still, according to the selected lineups on Times footy. So... Um, I reckon Winch just will be too strong for Geelong West, given that fact. And you're looking at going four and two as well and possibly moving into the top five. So um, I'd have Winchelsea winning that one. Uh, For the rest of round six, Bano has looked strong despite the pair of losses. Um, And even though Corio is brimming with confidence at the moment, back-to-back wins for the first time since 2016, the Tigers should take that one. North Geelong has struggled this season. They may yet struggle further when they take on Inverley at home. The Hawks should get up in that affair. Uh, Belfast Hill travels to Belmont in what should be a relatively easy win for the Panthers. Thompson should make it a 6-from-6 six six start to 2023 when they take on a winless Anarchy in Thompson. And a massive contest awaits both East Geelong and Werribee Centrals, Two top four sides battling it out in Werribee but I dare say the Centurions my um, pick for the upset of the round the Eagles are due for a loss and Werribee Centrals will look to build on its terrific start to the season
0: that's your local footy wrap thanks to Times Footy get the latest footy teams and results online or receive them in your inbox for free every Friday and Monday morning visit timesfooty.au Vinny thanks mate have a good weekend yeah thanks and happy Mother's Day again the marketplace the Metricon homes for every budget Time of the week, we take a look at the marketplace, what we're buying and selling this weekend in the world of sport. All thanks to Metricon. Moons, to kick us off, what are you buying this week?
1: Uh, look, I'm going to get over to the EPL, Wallo. You and I are big Liverpool fans, and in some ripping form at the moment. Five in a row, haven't lost one, or haven't dropped any points in six games. Um, they've got three games left. Liverpool, they're one point behind Man U in fourth,
0: who are on the choke.
1: Who are on the choke? <laughs> They've one point clear. They've got four games to go. So
0: they've got a game in hand, United.
1: Yes, they do. But
0: they're falling down.
1: They are falling down. And we have had a really, really poor season. But if we can jump into Champions League, I'll be okay. And in the meantime, knock Man out. Mate,
0: it it wouldn't be anything better to actually get to the top four, which after a pretty ordinary season. So I'm buying Liverpool. But to switch in and take United out would be great. Mm -hmm. I am buying this week the cancelling of the sub not being named on a Thursday night. So there's been so many stories this year that have blown up. I think Trent Cochin was one. Gidevin Mm. was definitely one the week before about being dropped out of the side because the AFL wants you to name four on the bench and emergencies, not a sub. So if you go from playing to a sub, in the newspaper, in the headlines, oh no, cochin has been dropped. But he's actually playing. So I want to buy the cancelling of not naming the sub Mm -hmm. because I think you have to name it on a Thursday night, because they talk about mental health and stuff. Imagine, you, you know, you've oh, i been dropped this week and people are giving you shit on yeah, social media yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Let's get rid of that. Let's just make it clear. We're picking four on the bench and a sub and then do your Moonsies if you want to. Yeah, so, no, don't mind that one. Yeah. All right, selling this week. Moons, I think I know what you're going to well, say. Well, this
1: is a pretty simple one. After the result that we got with uh, Young Van Ruin, I'm selling the tribunal because that was just all poor. Well, what will you get for it? Well, not a hell of a lot. I'm not going to get anything. <laughs> that was just horrendous. It might be
0: free to good home. What
1: are you going to sell, mate?
0: I'm selling my attitude as a runner. Oh, um, What are you going? I'm back at my local club as the senior runner this year, just getting back involved. Enjoy it. Good to be back within the club environment. But... The umpires have had a gut full of me because a chirper, I'm you? a chirper on the ground anyway, and now I can't help myself. If you're the bloke
1: if I was opposite, I'd run after
0: you. No consequences <laughs> for me because I don't have to get a hardball good. Yeah, not that I ever did in my career anyway. So I actually hang a fair bit on the opposition and even some of the teammates as well. But it led me to hearing a bit of audio this week from a rugby union referee in New Zealand. I think umpires might mm. need to talk to players and runners. A bit like this. You, no, you, come here. Oh, Shut up and come here.
1: Cheers oh. <laughs> be told to shut up on TV. <laughs> out of you, and I'm just going to send you to the bin. Because, you know you could be? A good ref with the knowledge you reckon you've got. Oh. Get back there, shut up, you've got to
0: <laughs> carry on. Great. How good's that? I think that maybe they should come out and start speaking like that.
1: But you know what? The funny thing is, with, with rugby, uh, the respect for the huge. referees is huge. Yep. And, they're, and they're taught that at a very young age. You do not talk back to them, but... It's only the captains that are allowed to talk to them. And I don't mind that.
0: Yeah, because they come up and say "sir" and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's very absolutely. formal, and they're very respectful of the referee. They certainly wouldn't touch them. Not the AFL does, but you see in the Premier League and other leagues no, around I the world they that. do approach them. But You'd be
1: a very good referee. You've got so come much here knowledge. and shut up.
0: That's I love it. I love it. So that's uh, that's what I'm uh, selling this week. My attitude as a runner. I need to pull my head in. That is for love sure. It. Moons, what's on for you for the rest of the weekend, mate? Where are we gonna hear you? See you, mate.
1: I'm about to go to uh, do some. Game at Sydney and Fremantle, actually, with Fox Footy. So, cannot wait for this one this afternoon. Interesting. And, of course, the bounce on Sunday night Absolutely. to wrap up the weekend. That is the warm up for another week.
0: All thanks to Little Creatures. Order up, grab a pizza, and any schooner every Wednesday and Thursday at Little Creatures Geelong for just $25. Little Creatures, all creatures welcome. Have a good weekend. We'll catch you next week.